Hello friends, and welcome to Anything Goes. And hello to all of you new listeners just tuning in for the first time. I'm your host, Joseph Guzman, and I'm so glad to have you all here. Hello to all of you all over the world tuning in. Let's jump into today's episode. What do you say? I'm back. Did you miss me? <laughs> I certainly missed all of y'all. Uh, what an adventure this has been. Uh, I'm still waiting to finalize on this audiobook project. Uh, I'm waiting for the author to give final approval on the recordings. And then I can actually call it officially complete. But that said... I've done most of what I needed to get done. I did the recordings, went through the scripts, got everything in place. We got the editing done, all of that stuff. Uh, so, you know, what's the saying? It, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. I think that's like the opera thing or something. Um, but either way, I think we are close to the end. Nonetheless, I am glad to be back doing these with all of you. Uh, I have missed communicating with y'all. And uh, as I said, I would come back and talk about the experience. So in my little brief message I shared with y'all, I said that I had done voice work before, and that's true. I've done voice work uh, for various things. Uh, I've never really, I never really thought about doing it in any kind of real capacity as I have now, mainly because I just didn't think that I was the person for it. Uh, what I have since learned, however, is that uh, I can and I do have the experience. And what I had to realize is that I just wasn't giving myself the credit I needed to. Uh, and so to that point, I thought I'd start a little bit by talking just a bit about Kind of what my experience has been right uh, as far as who i am what i've done uh, in that regard so let me see here pulling up i'm on my desktop while i'm pulling up some details so i can be able to discuss through some of that so a few things because i had to i had to compile all of this together because i'd never really thought about putting together any kind of resume that would talk to these things because i didn't see a need to before uh, but with that said, uh, I've actually done a lot of these different sorts of um, things in theater and such. So where I started out, really, I would say, is uh, right after I'd gotten out of the military, or, or shortly after, I should say. Uh, I, I had a friend of mine and a cousin of mine that had suggested that I should consider getting into maybe like modeling and so I did try that, and I think I've mentioned that before uh, in previous episode. But yeah, I, I did get into doing that. Um, I learned about just how brutal that industry can be and how, um, I would say direct is a nice way of saying it. Sometimes they can just be outright rude on how they feel about the way your body looks. Uh, but for anyone who's worked in that industry, you probably understand what I'm talking about anyways. Uh, so to that end, I did end up working for about a year in a more um, 
diverse modeling agency. Uh, and by diverse, what I mean is they understood that not everyone was built the same, right? And different ethnicities had different genetic makeup that made the way their bodies were, right? The, the kind of things you see on the traditional European, um, forgive me saying it this way, but I can't think of a better way to put it, uh, kind of whitewashed approach that it used to be in fashion, uh, they came to realize in this agency that, you know, people of different ethnicities are built differently, but that doesn't mean that there isn't beauty there. And so in that way, I would say I was glad to be in that experience uh, to realize that not everyone in the fashion industry had those same kinds of views. Now, with that said, um, I did, while I was doing that, I did find myself in a time where I was um, exploring other opportunities since I was in fashion. I thought, well, why not try and see if maybe I can, you know, get into something else with fashion or, or, you know, whatever else that might open for me. So I was, uh, out and about with some friends and got approached by a talent scout, uh, for an agency that was, uh, here near, near where I had lived when I was younger. And so I, I went and checked them out and I wasn't what they were looking for for their modeling search. And that was mainly because, uh, to what I was saying previously, I was not the typical white look for fashion at the time. We've since opened our eyes and realized that fashion can be a little more diverse, but at the time that was the deal. And so I was like, well, what do I do now? Right. I, I wasn't with the agency I was with anymore. Um, and so I actually ended up getting an opportunity to be an assistant acting coach at this, uh, agency. And while I was there, uh, my friend was actually an acting coach and I ended up kind of shifting over into being the main acting coach after a time when he kind of wasn't available at times. And then it kind of got to where they were like, okay, if he's not going to be available, you are, can you be here? So there I was. <laughs> Uh, and so this was, you know, early 2000s, something like that, when that went on. And so I did that for a little while, and it was really, it was really fun experience. It was great to be able to work with uh, people who had never really been in acting, and to help them kind of figure out how to navigate these these uh, experiences you have in learning acting, because a lot of times people look at it and they think, oh well, you know. You're just playing make-believe. And while that may be true, the reality is this. There is a lot of work that goes into acting to make it believable. And that's something I understood partly because of what I'd done in the military. Having been someone who had been uh, trained in nonverbal communications and had really, even before the military, had experience in, in that because of just the way I grew up, um, I realized that there's a lot of nuance to what acting is uh, and how you do it effectively. And so in that regard, I really got the opportunity to take what I had learned in life and share that with others to help them really kind of find how to find, how to, I'm kind of repeating myself, how to find their inner, you know, actor if it's there. And, you know, there were times where I had to realize that, you know, this may not be the right 
you know, field for some people. Um, and that's okay. You know, not everything works. We can't, as much as we may wish we could do everything that we put our mind to, right? There are things that we do have limitations on and that's, that's okay. That's life. Um, I did have a great time doing that. And it was really cool to be able to get some of these students in front of these casting directors for things like Spider-Man and other movies that went on. And so I kind of, I did that for a while and really kind of had some fun with it. I had a friend um, during that time that was kind of getting a little bit into community theater. Um, and so it was kind of fun to explore that. What I ended up finding myself in, though, was actually moving into the back end of uh, theater. I found myself as a uh, stagehand. Uh, so for, for those of you that may not be familiar with what that is, a stagehand is essentially uh, a person who helps with the setup and with things that need to be done on stage, or not on stage, but behind the scenes on stage, I'll say. Uh, backstage, that's the word. <laughs> uh, to help productions move along. So I ended up becoming a stagehand uh, for a while after I kind of stepped out of being doing the uh, acting coach role. And in being a stagehand, I got the opportunity to kind of see how some of this other aspects of the entertainment industry worked, right? I, I did uh, performances that were like orchestras. I set up for those. I set up for concerts that were in theaters. Uh, and then I actually got to setting up concerts that were like big touring concerts like Metallica and some of these kinds of bands that would come through. Uh, in fact, that was one that I would I would find myself on many times was I would I would be uh, asked to be a part of the um, the uh, crew for the Metallica sanitarium tours when they would come through uh, town. And so I would oftentimes help set up for that and work those. And man, those were, those were a lot of work. Let me tell you, a lot of work. And I, I, uh, I really found a lot of enjoyment in it. What I also learned again was in the entertainment industry, there are, there are some dark sides, you know, uh, there was a lot of drug use that would go on in these. And it was mainly because people were trying to work their butts off and make as much money as they could. Uh, especially these guys that were union, uh, they would, you know, I don't know how many times I got offered like some cocaine or things like that. Uh, because, you know, if you worked triple time and you were making great money, but my gosh, I just, I didn't want to do that. But there were people I saw that were, that were like that. What I will say is working in that, I really kind of began to understand more of what it takes to get into entertainment, what sort of work is really required and how many people are involved to make something happen, right? To make a production go off without a hitch, if you will. So with all of that, right, I did that for a few years and um, I ended up kind of getting back into doing school, did junior college, thought I might go into a business degree and quickly realized while I enjoy business and I enjoy entrepreneurship, I really... I found the MBA kind of school focus to be rather, um, uh, I guess, reductive. Uh, and I didn't feel like it was always up with the times. 
uh, it was very formulaic. And, and don't get me wrong, for those of you that have your MBAs and all that, I know that you worked hard to get them. Just my experience has shown that I, I did not find that having an MBA, as a lot of the world has tended to see it these days, or I should, I should really refine that, as the U.S. has tended to see it these days, is not the end-all, be-all degree for business. Uh, there are things you can learn there for sure. Uh, but what I found a lot of times is it tended to be problematic because in what I've done in consulting, helping businesses to revamp who they are, fix their workplace culture, streamline things, what I found is they had a lot of people with MBAs and they still couldn't fix the problem. Uh, and that had less to do with the MBA and it had more to do with understanding, I would say, human dynamics, uh, social interaction, uh, and understanding the way business is occurring now, right? Much like I understand in what I was, uh, what I've done in investing, uh, you trade the charts that you see in front of you, right? You trade what's in, you trade what's in front of you. And so, a lot of times, you would get people that just weren't thinking about how business should operate in that time. They were just going off of, well, this is what I was taught, and fair enough, but it was limiting, nevertheless, right? I, I realized going to school, that wasn't where I wanted to go. Um, and so, you know, for a while, I kind of started exploring again where I wanted to be. I just started doing jobs. I did a lot of sales work and kind of tried to figure out where I wanted to go next, what I wanted to do. Uh, so during that time, um, I ended up getting an opportunity to be a small actor part in a small budget video that was being shot, like a little music video uh, locally. And I happened to know the guy that was kind of in charge of doing the filming. So I got the opportunity to get into that. And that was fun. Uh, it was a lot of work, even for such a small part. It was a lot of work to uh, prepare for the scenes, right, that I was going to be in, what I needed to do. It was a lot more physical acting than it was uh, dialogue or even monologue for that matter. Um, but still a lot of preparation. And I think back, had I not done some of the stuff I had done before even that opportunity, I don't know if I would have been able to have pulled it off. And it was fun. It was a fun little music video and there was a lot of activity. And at one point I'm like sticking out of the top of a moonroof of a car and they're driving it around in a parking lot all crazy. And I'm laughing in the scene and all of this. It was, it was a fun experience. But nonetheless, uh, that was kind of where I started to do a little bit into the acting side and really realized, you know, this could be fun. Uh, this could be real fun. Uh, and so, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, life happened. I had gotten married shortly after that video. And as any of you that have been followers for a while know, um, and for those of you that haven't been, welcome, and you're learning now. Uh, I had been married before, and at that time I was married to my previous wife. And uh, fast forward, right, things happened. She was having an affair and kind of left me high and dry, emptied the bank accounts, and I had to start from scratch. Uh, and so with that, I ended up making a change. I had a friend of mine that really wanted me to get over uh, into Colorado where he had been living. And so that's where I made a transition and really started stepping into theater some more. And we will pick up on that right after this break.
Hey friends, just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know and remind you, this podcast needs support. Uh, So, how are a few ways you can support it? Uh, Well, one, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H hyphen Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N hyphen M-A. There you can click on that support button and you can become a monthly supporter of the podcast for 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. This is a monthly recurring, and so you can set it and forget it, as Ronco would say. Uh, And that really would be a great help for me to continue to grow this podcast and expand it out, to build out website... Uh, to be able to eventually hire some people on to manage some of these things for me, because for those of you, if you've ever tried to do a podcast, it is a lot of work to create the content, to refine the content down, to produce and record and edit and upload and get everything scheduled out for podcasting. It's a lot of work. Uh, And so... um, In order for me to be able to do this a little more easily, finances helps. Beyond that, another way you can help is to share this. Share the podcast link on your social media. Uh, Share it with friends. You can text the link to friends, whatever. Uh, If you share it on social media, I do ask that you do me a couple of favors. One, please make sure that you mention... uh, the link so that people can actually go and click on it and listen in. And two, uh, make sure to use the hashtag AnythingGoesPodcast. That would really help me out in getting the message out about the show and help me to have more uh, growth in the community. And as we have more increase in funding, then I can open up website and start doing other things and bring people on. Anyways, I'm going to shut up now so we can get back to the show, which is really what you want to hear. So, let's get back to that. Alrighty, friends, and we are back. So, picking up where I left off, I was talking about that I had after what went down with the divorce and everything that it kind of left with, I had a friend wanting me to go to Colorado. And at that time, I had been looking at universities to uh, go to. And so it, that's where life took on its next part. And that's where I started looking at the next step in um, the entertainment field, I guess. I wasn't planning on it. It's just kind of how it came about. So with that... Uh, I had been looking at colleges in the area, universities in the area uh, where I was living, and my friend had asked me multiple times, hey, you should come to Colorado, you should come to Colorado, you know, I'm here, I can get you set up with a place, just, uh, you know, you know, come up here, you need to change, all of that sort of stuff. So I, I decided, okay, sure, I'll take a look at that. But I wasn't just going to up and root, uproot everything I had known and go. And so I kind of tested the waters and said, all right, I'll tell you what. Uh, If I can find a school, a university there that's comparable 
in tuition to what I would end up paying in state here where I was uh, to where it would, what it would be over there, then I might consider it, right? Because I thought, well, that's impossible, right? An out-of-state university tuition would be way more than what I would pay in-state. But as it was, my bluff was called, and a university actually did accept me, and the tuition was basically what it would have been here, uh, even with it being out-of-state. Now, I did manage to get it cheaper still, because what I didn't know when I finally got there was that being a veteran, it somehow gave me the opportunity to uh, deal with my tuition costs differently, and I didn't have to pay the out-of-state um, beyond, I think, the first semester or something like that. Uh, so that helped. But nevertheless, yeah, so I found myself in Colorado, and I ended up getting an opportunity. I was trying to take on some sort of work you know, a lot of times students will take on like little jobs you can do, like work studies in at the university you're at. At least that's been in my experience here in the U.S. It could be different elsewhere. So I ended up being a uh, taking on a position as a PA, a production assistant uh, for the theater uh, there in the area, there in the school area. Uh, and so I ended up working there as a PA. And that also kind of became like stage handwork since I had that experience and set building. And at the time, I was also taking classes in um, theater tech, right? And so I was learning a lot more about backstage and theater and all that. I was also taking some acting classes. And so it was really kind of the beginning of more of that journey, uh, but in a more official way. So I ended up kind of doing that for a while. I was a set builder for that theater. I, I, I built uh, I built this, and that was a bit of a stressful project. Um, I was asked to build a nine foot tall by nine foot wide by, I'm going to say about a six inches to seven inches thick, uh, not solid, but thickness, uh, climbable gate sort of thing that had to be made from all this metal and I had to weld it together. Um, it was for this production called Salome. And so there was going to be people climbing all over it and there had to be a gate in it that could open, but it looked like it was part of this, just this sculptural looking thing. Uh, and so I had to weld that and that was, that was a crazy project, but that was by far one of the biggest things I'd ever made. Uh, mind you, at the time I was starting into art. I was so I was doing sculpture and I was learning about welding and all of that. Uh, so I ended up doing that sort of stuff, uh, and I helped with the warehouse where they kept all the props and everything to keep things organized. Um, I would sometimes go and pick up props that were being borrowed from people for performances. Uh, the theater was a small box theater, a little black box theater, so it was. Uh, the stage kind of jutted out and there was seating on three sides of it. Um, and so that was what, what I worked in for a while. During that time, I got the opportunity to act in several student, uh, student film projects for students that were in, you know, film and, and all of that for their degree. So I got the opportunity to do several little films that I was a part of. And those were, those were fun. It was really 
I think I would say, <laughs> granted, I'm no professional actor, right? But I would say if you're starting to learn acting, I think probably my opinion, I think everyone that's study, studying acting uh, should put themselves through working with small film projects from visual and performing arts students that are doing like film studies because, oh my gosh, uh, you learn a lot. Uh, partly because there's just a lot that's uh, that goes on in those processes where people are having to learn what to do. Uh, and so it's still kind of a learning curve for everyone. Uh, and that can be, it can be a bit challenging, a bit frustrating at times, but it can also give you a lot of flexibility. Um, the other side of it is it really helps you to understand what it takes, everything it takes to really make a performance, a production come together. And uh, so I really had fun doing those. Uh, one of them I did was like this kind of black and white noir murder mystery thing. And I remember one of the things in that was that we were trying to figure out in black and white, what was the most effective viscous fluid we could use to simulate what looked like blood, right? Because it was like supposed to be a murder scene we walk in on. And, and so there's supposed to be this person laying on the ground in blood. Um, and so my film the students that were the film studies, they were trying to figure out how to reproduce blood and, you know, like synthetic wise. And I looked it up on, on the internet. and was like, well, I knew like shows like Alfred Hitchcock. Right. And I was like, well, they had stuff that they simulated for blood. What did they use? And one of the things that I had found was that it said a lot of times they would use chocolate syrup. Uh, now they said Hershey's chocolate syrup. I don't know if it really mattered that much about that, but I mean, that was easy to find. So I actually told them that and we did a film test to make sure it would work right and how it looked when it was smeared and whatever, and it worked great. And so we actually did that and it was kind of a cool experience. Um, and so I did several of those. I did perform in some performing arts uh, things that students were doing as well, um, where we had this little small venue and it was this performing arts thing and people would come in and the encounter kind of went on and they just kind of experienced it but we never we never broke the fourth wall right we acted as if they weren't even there and did what we were doing those were fun that was a really fun thing because it was this very experimental very artsy kind of approach to uh theater and film uh because we weren't worried about the production aspects of it right we weren't trying to sell tickets we weren't trying to uh, create a sizzle reel or any of that sort of stuff, right? We were just doing this because it was interesting and very much about symbolism and art and all of that. So I, I did a little more of that when I was there. And that really kind of gave me more excitement for, you know, where's this going to go from now? But I still hadn't considered becoming an actor. And, and really to this day, I still hadn't considered being an actor, not because I don't find it interesting, but because I just... Um, well, honestly, I just don't know that I'm the look people really want. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe things will change and some door will open and I will. I don't know. But for now, you know, that's where I was. Then I ended up uh, moving back uh, home, uh, you know, meaning to my hometown, home state uh, kind of thing. And I ended up working for a friend of mine that had a, a kind of craft store, you know, I say craft, it was, you know, a lot of visual arts kind of things. And during that, 
they were trying to come up with advertising for their company. And so I ended up becoming, uh, uh, being a part of a commercial they did, like a little teaser thing they made for their company to get people interested in it. And that was kind of fun. Uh, that one, again, that didn't really require me to have lines. I was basically being an instructor and they were filming as I was interacting with people, but everyone knew that it was filmed, right? And it was for that reason. And so it wasn't like it was just regular customers coming in. It was people that had been invited to be there as we did these things to create as much of a um, positive experience for the people watching it as possible. But nonetheless, that was kind of a fun little experience I did. A few years later, uh, because I was connected to this visual arts community, uh, I got an opportunity where this local filmmaker, this small budget filmmaker, kind of independent guy, um, was looking for extras for a film he was doing about uh, something that would be very familiar for those in Latin culture, probably. Uh, it's called Las, Las Posadas de los Muertes. Uh, it's kind of a thing that has to do with like the holidays, right? It's this this reflection on uh, those who had died and, and all of that. A very, at least in, in my experience growing up with a family from Mexico, a very familiar practice. So I was an extra in that. I was supposed to be uh, this character that, uh, well, I ended up playing two different characters. At one point, I was just one of these people passing from house to house uh, looking for someone, if I remember it correctly. And then at a different point, they had me painted with like all black paint on my face and kind of skeleton looking. But then there was like red areas and like a pentagram because I was supposed to be this evil character, right? I think it was supposed to be like some sort of like demon thing or something like that uh, for the role. And so I remember doing that. And that was that was an interesting experience. That was kind of crazy craft services were not really much, but it was small business or small business, small budget. So, you know, craft services was like, do you want some chips? Uh, we have, you know, some sodas over there, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, but that was still a fun experience to do. I really enjoyed doing that sort of work. It was really great to work with people and everyone kind of had to figure out what their part was and how they're going to inter intermingle and having a director that was a little more flexible to be like, okay, well, you know, let's ad lib this and see what sounds good. So yeah, I kind of found myself over the years doing these different things, even though I wasn't really looking for it. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a friend that said, you know, you've got an amazing voice. Uh, you should consider like podcasting. And as you know, here I am, right? Uh, so doing this for the last couple of years, I kind of realized after hearing affirmations from people, um, from listeners, um, it really kind of let me know that I guess maybe this was something people enjoyed about me was that I had this voice that, uh, that was soothing for some and enjoyable to listen to, which is great to know. I, I like to know that my voice isn't grating on people's ears. <laughs> uh, but because of that, I had already kind of been thinking about, well, you know, I wonder what it would take to be a voice actor, right? To get into doing like audiobooks. And I, last year, early on last year, had set up a uh, ACX account, which is the platform that's used for uh, people producing uh, narration and all of that for audiobooks for Audible. So I decided I would explore it. 
you know, I threw myself out there, did some quick little recordings and found a, a, a children's book. That's what I was doing now that I'm finishing up was a, a children's book that seemed really fun. I liked the story. And so I did a little uh, audition, which is essentially you read a, a few little lines from the script of the story and they determine the uh, author usually determines whether or not they like the way you say it, the way it sounds. And if you do, then you get selected. And so I tried for it and I got it. It was crazy because I, I tried for it. And within an hour of putting in my audition, I got the job. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, uh, now I got to make this happen. <laughs> Which really brings me to what I was talking about, right? Which was the experience of putting together an audiobook and what it what it took, what I've had to learn, and what I've realized about things that I still need, but I just don't have yet. You know, a lot of it is just I don't have the, the money for it because it's expensive to put together a, a real nice recording studio. And uh, as much as I would wish that I had had that already, you know, I just don't have the finances. Maybe as podcasting and other stuff actually becomes more financially uh, feasible, um, then I might be able to do that. But in the meantime, yeah, uh, that's what I was doing. And so uh, we'll pick up on kind of how I started, what I had to learn and what I was doing in this journey for Audible uh, on the next episode. So tune in. <laughs>